Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Fox News has freedom. Why can't the rest of America have freedom like Fox News has? Freedom, you say? What are you talking about, Mr. Hartman? Well, here's the deal. Fox News is 90% fully vaccinated, and they have instituted daily COVID tests for that 10% who are not yet fully vaccinated. By fully vaccinated, we mean they had both shots more than six weeks ago. Why is this? Because Fox News has a vaccine passport. Yes, seriously. At the same time that Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram and all the other idiots over there are going on the air going, vaccines, I don't know, yeah, magnetic, uh, uh, DNA, RNA, or it's a real... Uh, at the same time that's going on, everybody at Fox News is now well vaccinated. Of course, Rupert Murdoch, you know, the guy who owns Fox News, even jumped the line to get his vaccine. He didn't just say, hey, everybody should get vaccinated. He, he actually got a vaccine before it was available to the general public. So the people who own Fox News, the people who run Fox News, the people who work at Fox News, the people who are on the air at Fox News, they're all totally vaccinated, totally good with it. One of them yesterday on the uh, Fox and Friends, the morning show, said, uh, yeah, I'm vaccinated because uh, I knew that if I didn't get vaccinated, I would. This wasn't a Fox guy. It was uh, some reporter or so. I, actually, I think it was a Fox reporter. If I didn't get vaccinated, I wouldn't have been able to participate in the president's. Uh, uh, it wasn't the press briefings, but it was something like that, something having, having to do with it. Yeah, you poor guy, right? It's so sad. You just had to get vaccinated. And that's the thing. When you have to get vaccinated in order to get your paycheck, which is what Joe Biden is proposing to happen in every, country, in every company in the country that has more than 100 employees, then guess what? Most people say, sure. Right? You know, I'm, I, you know I may not think that uh, I'm at huge risk for tetanus or whatever, but, you know, my doctor says, hey, you got to have, or if my employer in particular said, hey, you've got to be vaccinated, or if I want to go to school, you know, measles, things like that. So 
You know, this is, and this, by the way, this brings up not only the fact that Fox News has this and the rest of us don't, but also the definition of freedom. What does freedom mean? I mean, does freedom mean you can say, no, I don't want a vaccine in the middle of a pandemic? Or does freedom mean that you could, that you should be free to go to a concert, to go to a football game, to go to a restaurant, to go to the theater, to go to the to the to, to a flea market or a, or a, 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 an outdoor you know food vending uh, place or a farmer's market, and not be afraid that some idiot next to you is going to breathe virus all over you. I mean, isn't that what it boils down to? Denmark, as I mentioned yesterday, Denmark last Friday announced the end to the COVID crisis. There are 13 people in, in Denmark still on respirators, or there were as of two days ago. 13 in the whole country. Now, I realize it's a smaller country. It's about 6 million people. But they got, uh, they got with the program early on. At the very beginning of the COVID crisis, they started wearing masks and socially distancing, so they didn't get wiped out. And then as soon as the vaccines became available at the beginning of this year, they vaccinated everybody in sight. And in March of this year, way back in March, I mean, we're going into the fall here. And boy, is it turning fall here in Portland. I'm guessing it probably is where you live, too. And I'm loving it. It's just beautiful. But anyhow, and hopefully we'll get some rain. We have five months of drought. But as we're going into the fall here, we look all the way back to the spring, the early spring, March. And the Biden administration was asking people to get vaccinated. You know, Donald Trump, yes, Operation Warp Speed helped fund the Moderna vaccine. Not a penny of Trump and Operation Warp Speed's money went to Pfizer, but they did help fund Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. But then when Trump left office, he left no plan whatsoever to vaccinate the American public, and he had only ordered 100 million doses of vaccine. And there are 340 million people in the United States, about you know, 270 million adults, and as I recall, and everybody needs two shots. That's 500 million doses. And Trump had only ordered 100 million. So Biden had to hit the ground running in January. And throughout January and February, he got that vaccine. He got it available. He got the government involved. He got them, you know, why they set up vaccine uh, vaccination play. The one here in Portland I went uh, to, there, there were National Guard people there, uh, you know, along with volunteer nurses administering shots. And then the Republican Party, of course, said, uh, you know, this, this pandemic hurt Donald Trump. It's the reason he didn't get reelected. It's the reason Republicans didn't get reelected. It's why we lost the control of the House and Senate, because the economy went in the crapper because of the pandemic. And, you know, turnabout is fair play. So we're going to do to Joe Biden what nature did to us. So as Joe Biden, President Biden is doing his best to get everybody in America vaccinated so that we can open up like Denmark did last Friday. As Joe Biden is doing his best, the Republicans are doing their best and Fox News, right wing hate radio, doing their best to spread fear of the vaccine, skepticism about the vaccine, alternatives to the vaccine. Hey, did you know that you could take this this horse paste? It'll it'll work just fine.
skepticism about the vaccine, alternatives to the vaccine. They're spreading this stuff all over, uh, people say social media. It's really basically Facebook. And and they're bringing, you know, they're, 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 there's a lot of gullible people out there. There's a lot of people who actually listen to Fox News or listen to One America News or listen to, to Newsmax or listen to right-wing hate radio. In most of the America, if you don't have a Sirius XM receiver, right-wing hate radio is the only thing you can hear if you turn on your car radio. And in rural areas, people drive a lot. You have to drive a, yeah, it's a half hour, hour drive just to go to the grocery store. What are you going to do? Listen to the radio. What are you going to hear? Right-wing hate radio. There's not a single progressive station in Wyoming. Not one, for example. So people listen to that and they go, oh, yeah, okay. By the way, today it was uh, in the news, the sixth right-wing hate radio host has died in America of COVID. And, you know, I'm not, no schadenfreude here. I am not happy about this and I'm not celebrating it. I, I think it's a tragedy. And I do have to say that at least these guys, unlike the Republicans in the House of Representatives, who are all vaccinated, and yet half of them refuse to disclose their vaccine status. These guys on talk radio apparently actually believed what they're selling because they took it to their death. There's a certain integrity in that, I suppose. But the Danes are free right now of COVID. Life is back to normal in Denmark without masks because everybody's vaccinated. Everybody who's, you know, over 12 and the people under 12, by and large, you know, you get a rare, serious case, but it's very rare. Just like, you know, with the flu or measles or anything else. So why can't we have that freedom? We can't have that freedom because of these these idiots at Fox News. I mean, it's just it's it's breathtaking. It's just breathtaking. They're all vaccinated. They're all required to be vaccinated. Yet I'm not hearing Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram going on on television tonight talking about, you know, this uh, Rupert Murdoch and his son Lachlan who own this company have required us to all get vaccinated. They're tyrants. We're tired of this tyranny. No, I'm not hearing that. Are you? Well, I'm not watching Fox News either. Maybe that, that has something to do with it, but I doubt This is the Tom Hartman Program. We would like freedom here in the United States. That comes from health, right? If you don't have your health, you got nothing. Let's get healthy. Let's get vaccinated. Heyman in Sacramento, California. Hey, Heyman, what's up? Tom... Oh, you just demonstrated my point, and it's my belief right now that we used to, we're still called United States of America. We are DSA, Divided States of America. We have the red states and the blue states. We can't agree on anything. We were the United States of America, I guess, back in 1941 when Pearl Harbor was attacked. Everybody got, the states got together. We, we were uh, supporting the war effort. We were united. We were the United States of America. It started back there in 41, and it went until 19, about 1990. 
risk when Ronald Reagan came in in 1980 or so, and the right-wing media came on attacking everything that this country had developed and was promoting. They found fault with everything. They divided this country, and they were successful. So the right now we have the pandemic. We have wildfires, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, the Afghanistan troop removal with climate change. None of this brings us together. Nobody, one side is picking on the other side. They find fault or they attack or they disagree with everything that supports the people. This country is now D-S-A. So, Heyman, do you have a suggestion for how to fix that? I don't know. I don't see what will bring us together. I really, we have tragedies all over the place. Mm-hmm. With the, the pandemic should bring us together. But we, the one side is trying to eliminate disease. The other side is just finding fault. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they have no success. Well, the good news, I think, Heyman, is uh, in your own state. I mean, you're in Sacramento, the capital of California, and California just overwhelmingly either embraced, you know, their current governor, Gavin Newsom, or they just rejected a right-wing Trump wannabe talk show host, Larry Elder, um, yeah. or both, obviously. But, 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 you know, the exit polling indicates that the COVID uh, uh, response, Gavin Newsom's response to COVID was a big part of why they voted for him. They thought he was doing the right thing. He's protecting Californians. California does have uh, hospitals that are hitting ICU capacity, but they tend to be in red counties. I mean, we've got the same problem here in uh, Oregon. Uh, you've got people come, you know, from the red counties who are having the, the hospitals in red counties in Oregon are sending, you know, their sick people into Portland into the hospitals because they're they're maxed out and now we've got them coming from from uh, idaho idaho is the next state over to the east of us and they have one of the lowest vaccination rates in the nation and their people with covid are being kicked out of their hospitals or you know they have no room for them and they're sending them into the hospitals in oregon uh, you know which is just nuts um we need to get vaccinated hammond thank you for the call I think we're less divided than we think, frankly. I think an awful lot of this is, you know, at the surface of social media and the news. We'll be right back. Geeky science alert. 56% of young people think humanity is doomed. And this, there's, there's some real problematic stuff in this study. This is a study that was just published of 10,000 young people across 10 countries. It was published in the British journal Lancet. They're kind of, uh, you know, the, uh, sort of like the journal of the AMA. Lancet is the uh, arguably the most respected medical publication in the world. And like JAMA, they've spun off some secondary publications. This is Lancet Planetary Health, which is one of them. And what they found is pretty shocking. The lead author of the study, Carolyn Hickman from the University of Bath, said, our children's anxiety is a completely rational reaction given the inadequate responses to climate change we're seeing from governments. What more do governments need to, to, uh, to take action? Here are, are some of the numbers. 45% of 16 to 25-year-olds said climate-related anxiety and distress is affecting their daily lives and their ability to function normally. Almost half. 
of all young people between 16 and 25. 56, almost 60% of the 10,000 young people attributed this to their national governments. In other words, our government isn't doing enough, I'm freaking out. 56% of these young people surveyed said they agreed with the statement that humanity is doomed. While 75% they said they believe the future is frightening. And, and where it gets really bad, unfortunately, and uh, is these videos and the sales pitch that is being made by people, and it's, a, it's apparently very big on TikTok right now, um, saying, you know, it's all over. Sorry, it's done, it's cooked, humanity is dead, we're all gonna die, uh, give it up. Which is exactly the message the fossil fuel companies want you to hear. Elena Wood is a TikTok creator and a sustainability scientist, and she said, she's talking about this uh, dystopian, there's a, there's a video out there called Inside by Bo Burnham, which basically says that, and then they're spreading what they call climate nihilism. You know, the nihilism, ah, you know, we're all gonna die, why bother with anything, right? And that's essentially it. And she says, young people have seen this climate nihilism, or these climate nihilism videos, and they believe it's too late to do anything about the climate crisis, so they decide to stop pushing for climate action. As I said, exactly what the fossil fuel industry wants. She goes on to say, I've made numerous videos discussing climate anxiety and debunking climate nihilism, and I receive daily comments thanking me for putting a name, climate anxiety, to how they feel. By the way, the study found that these young people are experiencing guilt, anger, grief, and despair. It's, it's showing up in social withdrawal, sleep problems, concentration problems, and other, you know, just common symptoms of just normal anxiety. The authors of the study say public discourse should encourage the expression of feelings that 60% of young people in this survey have described as being ignored or dismissed. And then they go on to say, we argue that the failure of government to, to adequately reduce, prevent, or mitigate climate change is contributing to psychological distress, moral injury, and injustice. 56% of young people think we're doomed. I mean, how, that, that, is, that is just terrible. Anyhow, picking up your phone calls, Vivian in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, Vivian, what's on your mind today? Oh, oh hi, I'm supposed to follow that. No, I just want to make a comment, a couple comments about freedom. Uh, first of all, our culture, we have trouble dealing with abstract nouns. But I get a couple of things that occurred to me recently. Um, the Eagles did a song called Desperado. Mm -hmm. And at one part of the song, they say, what is freedom? Oh, that's just some people talking. And then a quote that you had on your uh, show about Teddy Roosevelt, a necessitous man is not free. And so if you don't have shelter, you don't have food, you hook up to a ventilator, you're not free. Right. That was Franklin Roosevelt, by the way. But yes, oh, absolutely. Oh, I thought it was yeah. Teddy. Sorry. Yeah. No, that was Franklin. That was from a speech he gave in 1936 in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where he was running for re-election. And he said, an old, an old judge once said, a necessitous man is not a free man. Um, absolutely right, and, 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 and it's true. And I, we need to recalibrate our language, Vivian. We need, to, we need to start making it, you know, helping people to understand that if you are unemployed, you're not free. If, you, if you're unemployed and broke, and you have no way of getting out of it, and there's no job that you can find, you're not free. If you're homeless, you're not free. If, you're, if, if you don't have enough to eat, you're not free. 
if, if, if you are in fear of a deadly pandemic that's running around the country and, and you know, and, and people around you are refusing to get vaccinated, you're not free. Um, it, it's just, it's, it, it, freedom, freedom is a positive thing, not just a lack of taxes or a lack of, of uh, you know, the government putting a gun in your face or, or somebody else. If you live in an area where you're, where you're plagued by crime, you're not free. And, and so, you know, the, I think the role of government in promoting freedom has to be one that's a, that is positive, that is, that is active. And, uh, you know, communities shouldn't have to be basically gating themselves off because of a homeless problem or a crime problem. Um, that's a symptom of a lack of freedom in my mind. Vivian, thank you for the call. Very, very well said. We have to get active. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant-quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef-to-you service delivering locally-sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, the two ends, or enter the code Hartman, the two ends, before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity. And what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman, the two N's, or enter the code Hartman, the two N's, before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And welcome back. Tom Harbin here with you and Fred in LaPorte, Indiana. Hey, Fred, what's on your mind today? Well, I want to give you a testimony on why you should get the vaccine. Okay. I, uh, I'm 82 years old. I got a little emphysema, COPD. February and March, I got my two Moderna shots. Four days ago, I was uh, diagnosed with COVID-19. Oh, my. Now... The thing is, I listened to the scientists, which I don't think a lot of people are doing, and they said you, it's possible for you to get it even if you've had the shots. Right. So I am a test. I, I am. It's a called a breakthrough infection. Yeah. How but do you feel, Fred? I'm not in the hospital. Yeah. I'm at home in self quarantine, sitting here talking to Tom Hartman. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know why these people are listening to 
and I got a little rub with you on this, where you keep calling it Fox News. I wish you'd call it Fox Network. Yeah, I, well, you know, that's their brand name. I, in print, I always put quotation marks around the word news. Uh, <laughs> okay. And, and, and on air, I used to always call it Fox so-called news, but it just got, you know, kind of tiring after a while. But anyhow. It's like a scraping your fingernails on the blackboard when yeah, you say that to me. I get but, it. Uh, I'm sorry, Fred. <laughs> but... So how are you feeling? Tell, tell me what this uh, breakthrough infection has been like for you. Well, I started off with a, I thought I was having a sinus infection because I do have sinus and I thought maybe something pollinated or what, but I mm -hmm. had terrible runny nose and uh, just drip, drip, drip and coughing. And then uh, the next day, that was a Friday night, the next day I just felt terrible, plus the drippy nose and the coughing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I went on, I was supposed to go to a birthday party with my granddaughter, and I just said I couldn't go, and then my son and his wife come over and took me to the emergency room, and they diagnosed it with as COVID, mm -hmm. and uh, just told me to take uh, plenty of uh, stuff to keep the temperature down, which the temperature's down now. I, I am better, my nose quit dripping, and uh, but I just get exhausted. Uh, yeah. Oh, real fast. I just can't hardly do anything. Yeah. But uh, I, I hope I wish these people would listen to the scientists and quit listening to this other. Yeah. Oh, it's that it's it, it's crazy. About. I mean, the odds are that that you're not going to have any lasting consequence of this. That you will have super immunity after this, and uh, that, as you said, you're not in the hospital. You know, and and That's you're not it. dead. Oh. And, and, and you know, if I hadn't had the shots, maybe I'd be in there in a bed. That was needed by somebody that had a heart attack or exactly. a stroke, was in a terrible car accident or something. Exactly. exactly. And we got to do this not just for ourselves. We got to do this for other people. That's the whole point. And this and this thing of good for me and to hell with everybody else. I just don't know where that's coming from so bad. I just see it more and more and well, more. Well, it came out of the Reagan Revolution. The, the greed is good. The me, me, me. I mean, that, that, that is the essence of the Reagan Revolution. But it's in business. It was, you're no longer here to serve your customers, your community, and your employees. You are now here to serve your stockholders. Profit is the only thing that matters. And it occurs, I mean, Margaret Thatcher said it, right? In 1978, she said, there's no such thing as society. There is only a collection of individuals. And in saying that, she was echoing uh, Friedman, Milton Friedman of the Chicago School. Uh, this, this is the neoliberal attitude. And, and it's like, if they have this belief that if everybody acts with maximum selfishness, that that will somehow create a society that works with maximum efficiency. And oh, I just, I just <laughs> yeah. well, like I said, I'm, we've been doing I'm, it for 40 years. I'm too old to buy that. I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that wasn't the attitude back in 1941 Amen. when the uh, Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. Amen. Fred, i got to move along, but thank you for the report. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the testimonial, and I wish you the very best. I hope you're feeling better hey, and, and you check much. in with us in a week or so, okay? Okay, thanks a lot, Fred. Russell in Houston, Texas. Hey, Russell, what's on your mind? Thank you for having me. I was. Uh, Are you guys getting uh, just drenched right now? Is or was that yesterday? <laughs> it wasn't as bad as you might think. Okay, good. But the infrastructure is bad. Yeah, I heard there's like a half a million people without <laughs> whole... power in Texas as a result of this storm. Yes, no flooding, but the infrastructure's bad and. Let's not talk about last February. Yeah, because it's all privatized infrastructure, and yeah. But you wanted to talk about <laughs> Fox News. What's up? 
Well, I was going to make an analogy uh, that, like, if you go to your neighbor's house and he stabs you with a paring knife, you go home and you put a Band-Aid on it. And the next day, you go to your neighbor's house, he stabs you with a paring knife, he put a Band-Aid on it. When does, when does the epiphany come up that, like, hey, I shouldn't go to my neighbor's house? In other words, why, why don't why? people figure out that watching Fox News is causing them and their friends to die? Yes. And, and from COVID and get sick? Yeah. I, I, you know, it's a good analogy. I get it. Um, but, uh, yeah, why do they keep going back? Yeah. I guess we got OAN and... Yeah, oh, there's, they're, you know, they're spreading it. They're, it's like they're reproducing like rabbits. Uh, Russell, i got to move along, but thank you for the call. That's, that's a good one. Emily in Portland. I keep thinking, Russell. Emily in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Emily, what's on your mind today? Hi, Tom. Uh, this occurred to me yesterday, and I'm curious uh, about your reaction. What if some of the families of these folks who've died unvaccinated of COVID uh, either get together or singly uh, decide to sue these uh, fake networks uh, for wrongful death. Here they are telling people not to get vaccinated, yeah. especially when they themselves are vaccinated. And, you know, and these people go to their death thinking that they did the right thing. I, I mean, if, if, if I had a family member, I'd try to sue. I, I just don't get it. I, I think, you know, it's like Dominion in, in, the, in the sense, um, you know, they, they've ruined their lives. Yeah. And uh, I, I, the families will suffer forever. For I, I, I get it, Emily, and uh, I'm not a lawyer. I can't uh, parse that too deeply. But what I can say is that the Supreme Court historically has held that of all, all the different ways that free speech can be expressed or the speech can be expressed, expressed freely, when it comes to the political realm, that's where you have your maximum ability to express free speech. So the extent to which this isn't political, this no, is medical. This well, is, you know, no, I mean, no, because it's not so much. You know, it's you're not going to hear on Fox News that uh, the vaccine is going to alter your DNA or is going to make magnets stick to your forehead. You you may hear that in other places. Um, what you're going to hear on Fox News is forcing you to take the vaccine as a form of tyranny, which is a political argument. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know, Tom. I mean, I think some of these. Uh, uh, announcer, you know, some of the people there have been pretty darn close. Yeah. And if not, maybe Fox News, maybe some of the other media sources. And and for that matter, what about some of our government, uh, some of our senators and and Congress people? They they're spouting the same garbage too. Yeah. And I, you know, if I were a constituent and and my my representative said, oh no, don't get the don't get the vaccine. It's it'll it's bad for you. And and then my husband died. I'd be I'd be pretty PO'd. Yeah, I would too, and and I would probably be thinking about doing something about it. But um, you know, Emily, it's a, yeah. it's a great question, and and you know, time will tell. You would think though that if it was if it was a viable strategy or a possible strategy, it would have happened long before now. But you know, we'll see. Emily, thank you for the call. Henry in San Antonio. Hey, Henry, thanks for listening to SiriusXM. What's up? Hey, Tom. Uh, not all utilities in Texas are privately owned. Really? We're socialists here in San Antonio. Uh, CPS Energy is owned by the city. All the employees are, are members of IBEW, and they all make a good living. It's very dependable here. 
and we have some of the lowest rates in Texas. Wow. Now, if I'm not mistaken, when the government owns the means of production, there's a word for that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, it would have been called communism or socialism at a time at one time. Yeah, but but you know, yeah, you, could, way, you could say the same thing about your fire department. Anyhow, back to you, Henry. By the way, by the way, uh, the utility kicks back about 14 percent of their profits into the city budget, wow. which lowers our taxes. Wow. So, you know, if that's not socialism, I don't know what socialism means. But then again, I would not be alone in not knowing what socialism means, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I actually know what you mean. Henry, thanks for the enlightenment about San Antonio and, and, and for defending your fair city. Uh, that's, that's great news that you've got a power system that actually works, that is community owned. We should have those all over the United States. You know, we did at one time. Most power in the United States used to be generated by community-owned systems. Not so much anymore since the Reagan Revolution. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Back with more of your calls right after this. Stick around. Welcome back. Sandra in Omaha, Nebraska. Hey, Sandra, thanks for watching us on Free Speech TV. What's or on YouTube? Excuse me. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to respond to the comment about like half of uh, young people think the world is doomed because of climate issues and whatnot. Yeah. And I just wanted to offer a little rebut to that. My dad was born during World War One, grew up during a depression when people were on the move all over the country trying to find some place that they could land, someplace that they could call home, that they could survive in. Uh, he went off to war as a young man. And so much of his early life until he was 30 was pretty doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. But everybody pitched in. Everybody saw the next issue and thought, shoulder to the metal, babe, and we're going we're gonna to fight this. Yep. We're going to win. We're going to overcome this. This is not going to bring us down. And I think they need to start looking at the world has always had bad moments, bad times that have lasted for decades. And we need them. We need their creativity and their imagination to fight this. I agree. I agree. And as I said, the, this climate nihilism, this, uh, you know, we're doomed, you know, just screw it. Let's stop even talking about it. That is exactly what the fossil fuel industry wants us to be doing. Yeah. And eventually they're going to run out of customers if they continue with that bet. So yeah, well, when we're all gone, they won't they have any customers. Planet. So yeah, yeah. The option yeah. is to do what we can, turn things around, and make this world a better place. Yeah, I'm with you. Thank you very much. Uh, very well said, Sandra. Appreciate the call, Stephen in New York City. Hey, Stephen, what's up? Hey, Tom. Uh, the uh, Fox and Fiends guess that you couldn't uh, think of who it was. That would be Texas uh, Representative uh, Doctor Feelgood. You remember the White House physician? Oh, yeah. Ronnie. Who, Ronnie. What's his name? Ronnie. Ronnie Jackson. I think. Jackson. Yeah, but he was, that's it. He, he was crying that he would never have gotten a shot. If, if, but Nancy Pelosi made him get it or else he couldn't go on uh, con uh, congressional junkets. Right. So. Right. But also uh, re regarding this, this twit uh, uh, um, colonel who's who's quitting, scare quotes, the, the military, uh, he probably doesn't. Rather than get what, vaccinated, what, you what, mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. The word GI means government issue, and he knows this. 
And uh, I'm a veteran. When I was in, uh, once one uh, weekend I came back from uh, going to the beach and had a pretty bad sunburn and was threatened with Article 15, which is non-judicial punishment for destruction of government property. So, you know, also, <laughs> you being the government property, right? Exactly. Exactly. So when you roll up your sleeve when you're when after you get sworn in, they take this air gun which probably has 15 to 20 vaccines in it and they just blast it right into you. So oh, yeah. So these people, I, first of all, I don't know why uh, uh, President Biden doesn't get up there and say, exp explain exactly what GI is and why he is not going to and why he should put a mandate for everybody to get vaccinated in this country, because we have to beat this. And the only way is to get vaccinated, period. Yeah. Well, he's he's awful close to that. He doesn't have the legal authority to require everybody to get vaccinated, but he does have the legal authority using the Commerce Clause of the Constitution to require businesses to require their employees to be vaccinated, which is what he's done. So he's using the exactly. tools that are available to him. And that's going to that's going to take care of probably, you know, 80 percent of the adult population in the United States, which is maybe maybe 70, but whatever it is, it's a good thing. And, you know, and Fox News proves that it works, right? I mean, if there are vaccine skeptics anywhere, they're at Fox News. And they are all vaccinated. Stephen, thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks for uh, reminding me. It was uh, Dr. Ronnie, uh, Dr. Feelgood, Mr. Pill. Congressman Mark Pocan is with us taking your calls here on the Tom Hartman program. Congressman Pocan represents the 2nd District of Wisconsin. He's a member and former co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. He's on the Appropriations, Education, and Labor Committees. Website, Pocan, P-O-C-A-N.house.gov. You can tweet him at Rep. Mark Pocan. And Congressman Pocan, welcome back to the program. Glad to have you with us. Oh, thanks, Tom. Glad to be here. Oh, a joke for the day. The move variant is on its way. That's the bad news. The good news is maybe ivermectin will treat it. Drum roll. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, earlier in the week, I had reported that ivermectin makes men sterile. It turns out that that study is nonsense. But let's not anybody take any ivermectin. It's just not, you know, unless you have parasites. Anyhow, what's, what's at the top of your list for the day? You know, those are things I never thought I'd have to say uh, a few mm. months ago, right? right. <laughs> Warn people not to take animal medicine. But, you know, the big thing really is just keeping people very aware that the next two to maybe three weeks may be some of the most significant time in this Congress and for that matter, for Congress for several decades in getting the Build Back Better plan done, getting it done right, and getting the infrastructure bill done. The important part is the Build Back Better plan right now, Republicans are not expected to be helping this get done, but this is a bill that will lower cost for the average American, uh, everything from prescription drug prices to paid leave, universal child care, uh, universal community college, uh, expanding Medicare. There's a lot of things that are going to save people, uh, real people money every single day. There's also a tax cut uh, by ex uh, extending the child tax credit, the tax cut. Most people will see who have children will get a, a essential tax cut from that. Uh, we also are creating millions of jobs, many that focus on climate change, and it's paid for uh, by the wealthiest and big corporations that uh, either pay no taxes or hide their money overseas. Uh, this truly is a game changer of a bill. Uh, just the child tax uh, cut part alone will lift half of the children in this country out of poverty. So we're going to need people to be very active on their phones, to be 
pressuring their members of Congress to do the right thing. The special interests are cranking up for everything from advertising to lobbyists knocking on doors. We need to crank it up uh, as a citizenry. If you think that uh, lowering your costs as an American, finally focusing on the average person uh, like this bill does, the Build Back Better bill in particular, uh, we've got to really make sure that we're holding our members accountable. And uh, some of even the Democrats who are, you know, listening a little too closely to the special interests, we got to put the pressure on them and we got to put it on them hard. They need to get your calls. Yeah, absolutely. And the, t the telephone number for Congress for the switchboard for Congress is 202 224-3121. If, if you're not sure who represents you, just give me your zip code. They'll connect you in the House. If you're not sure who your senators are, tell them what state you live in and they'll connect you uh, as well. And spot on. If I can, Tom. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, one thing, too, that's real important. I, I've had some people, including some Democrats, say, well, they're just trying to compromise. You have to compromise to get something done. This bill started at $6 trillion. That's what Joe Biden wanted. Uh, thanks to Bernie Sanders and others who helped negotiate this, uh, we're at $3.5 trillion. So it's already uh, just a little over half of what Joe Biden wanted. To go any more to make Joe Manchin or Tristan Cinema happy when they've already watered down an infrastructure bill would be a really awful idea because you're not going to have universal child care if you have to water this bill down anymore. You won't have universal community college if you have to water this bill down anymore. So uh, it's real important that people understand we've already, this is a compromise. And Bernie Sanders did, I think, an amazing job in working on this compromise. Progressives have his back in the House uh, on this compromise. But this is already a compromise, and to uh, go any more isn't a compromise. It'd be really gutting the bill. Yeah, and let's remind people that this is $3.5 trillion over 10 years. That's $350 billion yes. a year. Yes. That's like, you know, what we used to spend in Iraq and Afghanistan, what, we, what we're still spending in Iraq, but what we used to spend on those two wars in just a couple of months every year. So, I right. mean, it's, it's just like this, this is really not something to get your hair on fire about, uh, unless you're a Republican, of course. Which remind, which yeah. brings me to my second question for you, if you don't mind my asking you to put your political analyst on. You you are one of mm -hmm. the more thoughtful and um, insightful political analysts, or, or people, you know, you, I mean, you're obviously you're in the business, but um, I really value your opinions on this. Uh, when we look at what happened in California's blowout, it appears to me, my take on it is that this was not so much a vote for Gavin Newsom, although people like you know, generally speaking, uh, like the way that he's been governing California, and obviously the, the post-election polls showed that people were uh, very supportive of his mask mandates and his vaccine mandates and whatnot. Um, but it seems like it was more an anti-Larry Elder, uh, which means kind of anti-Donald Trump wing of the Republican Party reaction than it was a pro-Newsom action. Or at least that was a big piece of it. Let's not. I guess you can have both at the same time. A, I'm wondering if you agree with that analysis, and B, if so, doesn't that inform the the Democrats moving forward, particularly since Republicans, I mean, as we're seeing with Kevin McCarthy, who originally was you know speaking out against Donald Trump on January 6th, and now is sucking up to him because he's afraid of a primary in his own district. Um, doesn't that mean that most of the Republicans in their, in their primaries are going to have to go full Trump to get elected by the base in their primaries? And that's going to make them very kind of Larry Elderish, very vulnerable in the general election. Is, is, is this good news or am I, am I uh, congratulating way too, you know, our, our, you know, way too early here? No, I, I completely agree with you. I, I don't think there were a lot of 
uh, pro-Gavin uh, votes. There were a lot of uh, anti-Trump, uh, too, votes. And that's how the campaign really was uh, run in the final weeks, that this was just a Trump light. Uh, you're going to get another Trump governance this time as a governor. And I, I think that absolutely was the messaging, and we saw that resoundingly uh, turned down. And I also agree with you that the reason that Republican leadership, not that Kevin McCarthy is like an intellectual heavyweight uh, anyway, uh, or has a spine made of much, uh, you know, something more substantial than Jello, but he uh, it does have to, as most Republicans, have to appeal to Donald Trump because of primaries. Because don't forget, you know, 20% of the people may vote in a primary, but if that 20% of the people are voting and, and a majority of them are the more right-wing, Q-leaning type folks, uh, they've got to keep Donald Trump happy or else he can uh, cause all sorts of problems. So you're right. Republicans are going to have to tack right in primaries and then try to suddenly do a number of somersaults to get back to the middle. And that's not the easiest uh, task. If you've looked at most people who run for Congress, they're not exactly somersaulters. Uh, you know, we, they're going to have a tough time in making that case. Yeah, they, they used to have to do it with like, you know, just one issue, like abortion or gun control or something, you know, and they'd run on that in the primaries and then they kind of back away from it in the general. Um, and, but now, I mean, this is so systemic. It's so big. Okay, so shall we pick up our phone calls here? Absolutely. All righty, Steve in Queensbury, New York, you are on the air with Congressman po Pocan. Hey, Mark, you are a good guy. You know that? That's true. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> but uh, what I wanted to ask you is, why don't we go after these corporations that aren't paying any money, some of them? You know, we have to go after the big money people because they're running the show anyhow. So let's get some of their money <laughs> and yeah, pay for Steve, the, a, uh, the poorer people, you know? That's exactly what Joe Biden's doing. Um, you know, the, the $3.5 trillion that's in the Build Back Better plan, uh, a lot of the revenue that Bernie Sanders helped negotiate is exactly doing that, going after corporations that, one, pay no taxes, or two, hide their profits uh, overseas. And don't forget also the Biden administration got together with other countries and helped form kind of a pact that they're not going to all have a race to the bottom and, and give no taxes to these companies, but actually they're going to have some kind of a minimum tax and they're going to stick together. And if they actually do this, uh, again, another uh, prop to Joe Biden for finally going after uh, folks that aren't paying their fair share. So that's the whole premise. What could, the only people opposing good things in that bill are the people who have to pay for it, the special interest. So any Democrat or Republican who doesn't support what's in that bill is essentially kowtowing to the special interest. Right. Who, and, and, and rather than framing it as let's take money from the rich, I think it should be the rich should be paying their fair share of taxes, right? Absolutely. And they haven't. I mean, between the Trump tax uh, cut for the wealthiest, 86 percent of the money going to the top one percent and many other measures. This yep. is the Tom Hartman program. Amen. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. 
Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back. Picking up your calls here. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls from the Tom Hartman program. Dale in Springfield, Missouri. You are on the air with Representative Pocan. Congressman, I like hearing from you every week. It's, uh, it's refreshing. Um, Thank you, Dale. My, my point, I live in Missouri. My senators are holly and blunt. So you know how much my writing them would carry. Does it do any good to write or contact uh, uh, representatives that are that I'm not their constituents. Does it do any good if you if you were to hear from me, uh, Dale? It's a great question, and um, in rare circumstances, the answer is yes. Most of the time, no, um, because I represent right now. Actually, my district I have to shed fifty two thousand people with uh, redistricting, but um, I represent about eight hundred thousand people right now. And with the limited staff I have, I have a hard enough time just keeping up with. My constituents, so generally people uh, don't keep track of the calls coming from outside the district. The rare times that may happen is maybe with some leadership folks so they can really see the intensity that's out there in the country. Um, but what you can do is if you have uh, groups you work with, associations you might be a part of, have them focus on those members that we need to. So, you know, when Josh Gottheimer from New Jersey is trying to do the wrong thing, in my opinion, uh, right now, it would be great if we got people in his district reaching out to him saying, hey, quit listening to the special interest in Washington. I'm a constituent, and I don't think you're representing me right now. We, that's where we really need to have the impact. So using that uh, ability with any groups you may work with, um, that's what I recommend. But that's a great question, Dale, because I know a lot of people will call from outside the district, and it's, just, it's not that they don't care what you have to say. It's just often we don't have the capacity to keep track of it. But for somebody who is represented by somebody like Josh, Josh Hawley or, or uh, Roy Blunt. Still uh, reach out to them. Yeah. So yeah. does it does it have I mean, like, you know, when you hear from conservatives, for example, in your district, yep. uh, you know, uh, how does that affect or influence you when when Josh Hawley hears from progressives in Missouri who actually live in, in Missouri? How does that affect them? And what's the best way to reach out to, to uh, members of Congress who politically disagree with you? Yeah, I, I still think you do that. Right. Because I keep track and I'll get counts every single week of who reached out to me and what position. And, you know, that I do gauge whether or not I'm truly representing my district by that. So if they don't hear from you, now, Josh Hawley is a wannabe president, so I doubt he's watching it as closely, maybe as Roy Brunt, Blunt, but um, it's important to also put that call or that email in uh, to, even if you think they disagree with you, it's important to have those calls made so that they get the numbers and you can still have an impact maybe not as direct in public but you will have an impact by doing that there you go norma in montgomery alabama you're on the air with representative pocan oh hi thanks tom hello representative um 
When y'all are talking about money for all these different programs, you need to think about the fact that for the past 40 years, most of the people in this country have become what are called contract employees. They're classified as part-time, temporary, seasonal. They have no retirement benefits. The only way these people are going to survive and pay rent to all these foreign investment groups that are buying our country, buying our residential homes, is an increase in their Social Security check when they do retire. That means that the only way to get that money is to force these foreign investment groups and the large international corporations to make a minimum double payment into, into Medicare now and a minimum triple payment into Social Security now so that we do not have the world's largest nomadic homeless population wandering north in the summer and wandering south in the winter. We cannot have 100 million homeless people because it will interfere with everything that the country wants to do. We need to be able to provide them with an income that will at least be able to pay rent and put a roof over their heads. And if we were to have, say, a medical clinic in every school, an asthma allergy specialist, a dental hygienist, and a uh, vision doctor, we could solve a lot of problems. Parents wouldn't even have to take off of work to go get their kids and take them to the doctor. This would provide jobs. These people could be federal employees or private. But we have to start taking care of the people, and the only way to do it is with an increase in Medicare and an increase in Social Security. Am I crazy? Uh, no, I mean, we have legislation to do just that, to change the, the way that we do the indexing, because uh, clearly seniors spend things differently than uh, the rest of the, the population as a whole, and there's a consumer price index, CPI-E, that addresses that, and I think that's part of the legislation that we're trying to get out there. Um, but let me take it to a different point you said. I want to address the disease, and the disease is these companies who don't want to provide benefits, who are misclassifying employees and saying they're independent contractors, everyone's an independent contractor. That is part of what we address in the PRO Act, uh, the Protecting uh, the Right to Organize Act, in Congress, and we've passed in the House. Uh, the Senate, the filibuster right now is what kind of holding it up, so another reason why we have to get rid of the filibuster. But let's not let these companies get away with this. I mean, there have been lawsuits out there, um, and there have been executive actions by presidents to try to address it. But we need to, you know, the, the, the whole Ubers of the world uh, that are out there, you know, they are employees by every definition, uh, and they're trying to get around it to not provide the benefits. We can't let that slippery slope continue because that will have long-term impact, just like you said. So I think we've got to address the disease, the disease of these companies that are um, rather put their profits to the top uh, folks in a company and, and stock dividends rather than their employees, and instead they don't want to give benefits. And we've got to address that. And there is serious misclassification. Tens of millions of people in this country are misclassified, and that's important enough to address in and of itself. This enormous question raises an interesting follow-on, if, if, if I may. There was a piece in the Financial Times last year pointing out that uh, about one-seventh of all the you know, physical building, I forget exactly how they describe it, but assets in America are foreign-owned, office buildings and residential homes in particular, but also businesses. And particularly our housing stock has become a major source of uh, investment from foreign sources. And you know, there are other countries that don't allow people who aren't citizens to buy property in their countries. Is this an issue? Is anybody talking about this? Is there, Am I concerned about nothing? No, there's a little bit of talk about it. I mean, obviously right now, Tom, this has been a 
a very robust Congress in trying to get these proactive measures that are kind of dealing with what we hope is the end of COVID and get the economy back going, but also finally doing some things on behalf of the average American as opposed to, you know, the wealthiest and the the big companies that benefited so much under Donald Trump. But no, you're right. I mean, there is more we have to do, especially when it comes to consolidation and, and antitrust issues of having fewer and fewer companies involved. And many of these are countries that are outside the United States. When we have that To me, that's the bigger issue we have to address, because if you don't have competition, then we wind up paying more in costs and you get less in service. And I think both of those people are starting to feel you are paying more for things. And also we're getting less service from many of these companies. So I I think, you know, those efforts are what I'm strongest behind is is really addressing antitrust. Makes perfect sense. Congressman Mark Pocan is with us taking your calls from the Tom Hartman program. His website is pocan, P-O-C-A-N dot house dot gov. You can tweet him at Rep Mark Pocan. Back with more of your calls for Representative Pocan in just a moment. Dion in Chicago, you're on the air with Representative Pocan. Yeah, uh, is there anything in the infrastructure that will help combat inflation or any uh, things being discussed in the future? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the inflation stuff, just so you know, um, is not like, it's it's a problem that's going to be continuing. It's because we've had an economy that largely shut down. Uh, certain industries have uh, hyper increases, and that's affecting the overall inflation rate. But this is a, a giant Republican talking point. Uh, I just sat through a committee where that's all they could talk about was Joe Biden's inflationary economy. Generally, that means the economy is coming back, and that would be a good thing, although we obviously don't want to have the inflation. But uh, it's also uh, not true that it's just something across the board that somehow Joe Biden's doing because he's doing something wrong. It's because uh, we came out of essentially a shutdown as an economy, and certain industries have been really uh, leading this. But, um, you know, I, I think the best thing we can do is get people back working uh, in industries, invest in America and invest in working families. And if we do that, uh, we're going to be really addressing the economic challenges we need to most immediately. Danny, you're on the air. Quick one. I thought there was talk or there was uh, about a legislation to prevent Trump from ever running again. If there is not, why do you guys not introduce that? Because he seems to be a constant thorn in the side of democracy. Yeah, there, there are thousands of bills introduced, so I can't say whether one has or not, because I just don't know every single bill. However, I think any bill like that, you've got to think about the Senate, because it's not going to, you know, the 50-50 Senate with Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema already saying they won't change a filibuster for things like voting rights. I don't know if they're going to do things that uh, might be something that you and I would love to see, but, you know, uh, it, it may be difficult to have that happen. So I don't know if you know, simply introducing legislation would actually move it forward. I doubt it would. I think what we just need to do is continue to expose Donald Trump for who he is and and what he is. And, you know, hopefully what just happened in California is a good example that in general, people don't want more of that divisiveness, the lies about, you know, the big lie about the elections and everything else. And uh, while there certainly is an audience for that, you know, that audience has probably always been within the Republican Party. They were just given voice by Donald Trump. And that's why now, you know, but many of them don't wear white hoods anymore. They just speak outright in public. Yeah. yeah, sadly. Congressman, what should we be looking for and doing as we go forward in the next weeks? 
I'll tell you, watch the news real closely. I think uh, it's going to be important that you're in regular communication with your federal elected officials on the Build Back Better bill and, and to a lesser degree the infrastructure bill because we've got to get this right. And if we let the special interests stop what is otherwise a really great proposal from Joe Biden and that people like Bernie Sanders have helped to negotiate, it would be really to our disadvantage. So be ready to reach out to your elected officials often if needed. Thank you. Congressman Pocan, thanks for dropping by again today. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And welcome back. Let's pick up some of your phone calls here. Luigi in Pensacola, Florida. Hey, Luigi, what's up? Hey, Tom, every time you speak of Fox News, I get my ire up. But anyway, I just want to pass on to you back. back No, no, it's okay. It's, It's really okay. And God bless uh, the threat. He's, I hope he's, he gets well. Yeah. But anyway, back in World War II in Australia, there was a chain of newspapers, and uh, they were relentlessly anti-American, according to the folks that were there. One publication was called The Truth, and it was out of Melbourne. And it often published tales of GIs raping innocent Australian women, honest abduction, and all. And it, it caused riots. It caused people to get uh, kills. It caused all sorts of problems between relations between Australia and the United States. And guess who the owner of that was? A guy by the name of Sir Keith Murdoch, father of the later year media magnate Robert Murdoch. Really? So I just thought you might be... Yes, I sir. thought it started with Rupert. I didn't realize he inherited the family business, and now his sons are going to inherit his family business. Amazing. Well, that's what it seems to be. And I, I've double-checked this, uh, reading this book, and I just thought you might be interested in it. Also, I just noticed on Ross' story that the people who are unvaccinated are now wanting to be called pure bloods. Oh, jeez. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> thank you, thank Luigi. Thank you, Tom, for everything you do, and thank you for taking this old man's phone calls and listening to my rants. Thanks to my, you. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks thank for listening you. to Sirius XM, Luigi. I appreciate it. Down there in Pensacola. Sharon in Arlington, Texas. Hey, Sharon, what's on your mind today? Hey, uh, I have a friend uh, whose uh, their family situation really is disturbing to me. They have gone to extraordinary measures to try to shield their children from the the virus, and they sent their second grader to school with wearing a mask, although it was really pretty much discouraged. And then, sure enough, he ends up with the virus because of assigned seating in the lunchroom, sat right next to a child who had picked up the virus, and now he's at home and very ill. He's not in the hospital, luckily, so far, but, you know... They're trying to keep him in his room for 10 days. And oh. I, I just feel like like the person who a called the few, you know, back that that there ought to be some legal, you know, measures that could be taken in a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah. Let the lawyers sort it out. You know, like I said, you know, time is going to tell how this shakes out, Sharon. But that's that's such a sad story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it with us. I appreciate the call. We'll be back with more of the news and more of my thoughts and yours in this uh, kind of national town hall meeting we have here every day on the Tom Hartman program. And in the meantime, don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. Never was intended to be. It requires you. So get out there, get active, tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.
around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.